The Creator Life is sponsored by the company Cebu. It's a co-working space that fosters creativity and collaboration all while getting things done. Check them out in their two locations, Mandawe and Cebu IT Park. You can also take advantage of their other spaces in Japan, Singapore, Bangkok, and Hawaii if you become a member. Get 50% off on a day pass or flexi pass when you use the code CREATORLIFE50. That's CREATORLIFE50, 50 for 50% off on a day pass or flexi pass in the company Cebu. For more info, check them out at thecompany.ph and their social media channels on Facebook and Instagram at the company Cebu. Thank you so much to the company Cebu for sponsoring the podcast. The Creator Life is also powered by Ambidexter, a digital content marketing company. They offer various services such as graphic design, content writing, media relations marketing, and many more. Ambidexter will launch a weekly Ambiblog series which features different podcasts based in the Philippines. I'm really grateful to be part of this series and I hope you'll check the feature when it comes out. Check out their socials, visit their website, or shoot them an email for more information in the show notes. Thank you so much, Ambidexter. On with the show. So, yeah, how's your weekend so far? Um, my weekend is doing good. I'm doing, like, I'm preparing for for the things that I'm going to do, like donation drive, because of... Um, for for the affected people of typhoon ulysses so you know just doing the things that i can do and i am capable of to help them yeah yeah because like yes you want to help but at some point you have to know what you can do in your abilities now and as much as possible you don't want to stretch yourself too thin because Yes. Let me remind everyone, especially to those who contributed to those recent case increase in Cebu, it's yeah. there's still a pandemic out there. Despite the fact yes. we have to uh, now we have to help out our brothers and sisters in Luzon right now because of the typhoon. Yeah. Let me remind everyone: there's a freaking pandemic still out there, and Happening. we have to be yeah, we have to be mindful still. Yes. Yeah. I agree. So, like, yeah, the things that you can do remotely at the same time still being, like, a big help to them, mm-hmm. but that's the best avenue I can, I can just, we yeah. can all do, yeah. Like, I've seen uh, the way they're doing the donations is, like, they have a YouTube channel, and then they recently mm-hmm. got monetized. So, what they did is to use all the money they earn for the videos. Normally, mm-hmm. you would keep it. So, they will donate it all to the efforts of the, ano. Yeah. All the donation drives. Or the rescues. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like, I've seen posts and then there are still people who need to be rescued, apparently. Yeah. Like, it's not a, it's a really serious. Like, yeah. It breaks my heart, you know, like the massive flooding mm-hmm. prompted residents to, you know, scramble onto rooftops awaiting yeah. for rescue. And then yeah. uh, the, the things that you used for rescue, just to contain the QA to safety. And it's heartbreaking. I, 
you know, it's bothering me and we can do something. And if we can do something, like, we'll just do it, whatever, the most of what we can do. Yeah, whatever it takes just to help out Bitao. Oh, by the way, you're can, right. We yeah. need to keep in mind that yeah. we're still in pandemic. So. Yes. I'm dead sure people know what they should be doing while in a pandemic, but apparently some of the people are <laughs> technically ignoring that for a bit. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, guys, be careful because it doesn't affect you. It affects your family and the people you keep meeting all the time. So, yeah, let's be careful, guys. Otherwise, yeah. you know, we'll be in a whole. Let's help. Yeah, let's help also other like local officials or the government per se, you know, mitigate all the things that they have to take yeah. care of. Like, let them focus in the air rescue or whatever they need to focus to. So, let's stay home as much as possible. Yeah. Okay, we can start. I, I I didn't want to start on that kind of a mood, supposedly, <laughs> but then, like, you can't avoid it. It's there. Yeah. And it's better to be more aware of it rather than, like, ignore it and so pretend it doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah, so things like that. So let's start the podcast in three, two... One, go. Welcome to The Creator Life, a podcast that makes sense of how different creators live. I'm Julian CB, that's S-I-B-I, and I'm really grateful that you're listening to the show. New episodes are on Fridays and bonus episodes pop up on Mondays or Wednesdays. If you haven't already, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you're listening to podcasts. You can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts as it really helps the show a lot. Five stars, please. And if you can, but I'd rather you go and donate your money now to the victims of the typhoon and everything so i'm not gonna continue this uh intro (laughs) beyond that because (laughs) of what's happening so there so my guest for this episode is g cadet did i say your name right because yes it's cadet yeah g cadet you're right (laughs) and words (laughs) She's one of the people behind Simf. It's a tech company. You should go check their stuff out at Simf.co. I actually plugging, which I shouldn't be doing, but that's fine. Yeah. And you're also part of you also are involved with GBG, right? Google Business Group in Cebu. Yes, Google yeah. Business Group Cebu. Yes. Yeah. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Julian, for having me. It's so I, I'm so excited about this podcast. It's actually my first time like doing a podcast and I'm really excited about it. So yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. Like this is the the point of this podcast is not just to feature like fairly recognizable people because you know, internet and social media. But then like, you know, sometimes the people behind the scenes are are not really getting their recognition at times. So I believe that 
they should also get their fair share of the spotlight, even if it's just a while. So yeah, this is what I aim to do <laughs> with the podcast. So let's thanks for jo- doing it, Joanne. Yeah, you're welcome. So let me start with asking you a question: like, how did you get to where you are now? Like, we don't need to like expound on a lot of things you don't want to expound on, but yeah, like, how did you end up in SIMF or like being involved in GBG? Because you know you. It doesn't just like, oh, I just suddenly want to be part of this group whatsoever. So, go. Yeah. Um, I could say, looking back, I could say this is not what I envisioned to be five years ago. Um, But amazing how things come to you when you allow your dreams and plans to change its form as you go along and serve its purpose. So back in college, we have three concentrations. We have advertising, communication, and marketing. And I realized I'm really weak at marketing. So I decided to focus in marketing department. And I really want a cool company. I didn't want to join corporate. So my college professor um, endorsed Sims to me because he used to intern there also. And when I checked them out, man, I told myself, I'm not applying to anywhere else. Because I really like um, what I see. And I like it here because I'm working here right now. And so I was so thrilled that, you know, that I arrived in the office like an hour before my interview and my boss, like, he, did, he wasn't so happy about it. Like, uh, ar- me arriving in an interview an hour before. So fast forward, I was an intern doing awesome things for their startup. I was very open to doing a lot of fun stuff, like things I haven't really experienced and I was not expecting to experience either. And then the next thing I know, I'm hired after graduation to do sales, marketing, and even build a site for the clients that we have. This is, by the way, for the company startup, like one of the company startup. The product was a website builder. So yeah, I had to learn the basics. I'm the only one in the team, so I had to sell. I had to market it and to deliver the site to the clients. The next thing I know, I'm doing business development and sales for SIMF itself. And then one of the coolest thing or the greatest perk, I could say, is really having the chance to be working side by side and be mentored by our CTO and our CTO, CEO at SIMF. And then while, where I work, I'm not just doing plain work. So one key thing in a tech company, as I can say, is that they are really into communities. Or shall I say, hmm, like Simp is composed of community people. I, I'm, I'm sure like you know Ashley because I think Ashley already like... <laughs> Shout out to in, Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Ashley. Like I have colleagues like Shad, probably you know Shad also. Yeah. Um, and Nicole. Like I have colleagues from Startup, colleagues from Startup, startup Weekend, um, Google Developers Group, Google Business Group. And then it all started when I was offered to lead the first ever Startup Weekend Women Edition in Cebu while I was just starting out at SIMF. So the regionals right after was in Bali, Indonesia. And all those things, it was successful, successful. So it opened a lot of new doors and experiences for me. So I could say like being in a community really is a win-win thing. And most of my highlights in this journey really goes to community events. Like, I get to teach and learn a lot, 
like right now, apart from my day job, I volunteer to, as you mentioned, like Google Business Group Cebu. Um, we have been doing events, partnering with DTI Region 7 and helping micro to small medium enterprises. Um, these events was happening like three years ongoing. This was used to be physical events. But mm-hmm. like where we had to go to different islands like belonging to Region 7, like Sikihor, Bohol, mm-hmm. Dumaguete. And now we're still making it possible thanks to technology, but we're not going there physically anymore. We're doing it via Zoom. Mm-hmm. So it's a webinar form. And yep. another thing, like, because people itself are really community people and the me- people I am meeting um, in the community are very, you know, helpful during trying times. My colleagues and I and my friends from the community all together um, ran a six-month jo- donation drive for displaced workers during COVID. I- I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar also, the, the RICE movement. Oh, yeah, um, of course. Yeah, it helped around 1,500 families um, to get by with sacks of rice. For the six-month period, we were able to raise like 1.5 million worth of pesos Wow. for one like 1,500 families in Cebu, mm-hmm. Bacolod, and Manila in a span of six months. So it was very positively overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then right now, um, we're still doing the the One Gadget, One Child. It's helping the students who are doing remote and modular studies. So we're providing them like tools and mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're collecting gadgets for them. Yep. Um, so in a summary, I, I think I am happy to get to do the work that pays the bills at the same time very enjoyable and I get to do the work that feeds the soul and that is the community work so so far I'm loving it and yeah that is where I'm right now it's amazing how you just like stumbled into something and then it became something greater for you yeah yeah like looking back five years ago like this is not what I envisioned myself to be and right now no regrets like I am here and I really love it. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of different to my story where like I was really yeah. into tech way before I'm mm. doing what uh being a software engineer by day, doing a tech blog, then I'm doing a podcast. It's basically it basically revolves around the fact that I'm really passionate about technology. Although yes. that may be too broad at this point. So like tech is so big now. You can't just say that like uh you have at this point tech has grown in such a scale to the point that yeah. you can never not think about it. Like even yeah, in a it's, business. It's, like, it's it's practically part of the day to day. It's it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad like, you know, like if I have to be honest, like a lot of the tech people I know, like those who do programming, they're introverts. Like, and then I'm so happy, like a lot of like you and Frances, like you do podcasts to share also like content about tech and how does it go in the community or in the industry. So yeah, very exciting. Like, to be fair, like, uh, yes, introverts, but then like, Introverts don't have to be like always, yeah, one hundred percent keep to themselves. Although, most likely eighty percent of the time they want to be that yeah. way, because I myself was one. But then, like, the adjustment of being a content creator, I had I had to adjust 
and sort of become an ambivert, but I'm not really sure because they're really, it flip-flops. There are days where you just want to like, you know, go in a nook and just do whatever you want to do or just, yeah. And then there are times when you just want to like talk to people, say hello, or just like ask, Ask stuff, talk about stuff, even though and how random it could be. Yes. Yeah. So, like, what were the initial, initial struggles or like the experiences you've had while being on the journey? Because, yeah, it, 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 it's not like everything is rosy or like everything yes. is like a straight road. Of course, there would be forks there would be, like, spikes on the road. So, like, what are those for you? So, um, as I mentioned, I am coming from a non-tech background. And, I, like, the way I, I, I shared my story earlier was, was very, like, very nice. It feels like I was in a bed of roses for the whole time in the journey. But it was really not that. I agree. Um, one of the the... The key challenges or like the, the challenges I faced really was that because I am um, there was like a very big gap between a non-tech person and the things that I have yet to learn to really understand the tech industry. So um I work at Synth, do we build mobile applications, web applications, and there are a lot of jargons that y- you come across. And then I work as a sales right now. So when I started as sales, like the basic is when you sell something, you should be able to explain what you are selling. should be able to understand the ins and outs of what you are selling. Mm-hmm. And that was really the biggest challenge for me. Like, I had to learn all the jargons. I had to learn to explain to clients what we are doing and how are we trying to solve the problems for them. And yeah, along the way, it was really a learning curve. It was really, really like, an incredible learning experience because as, as you go along it's not just something you learn in one sitting as you go along you tend to realize oh okay this is how it goes blah 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 it's it's really that bridging the gap between the knowledge you need to know in the tech industry as a non-tech person especially that i am sales and i need to really know what i am selling so mm-hmm. that um really learning how how technology uh, revolves in that space yeah, but I feel like there's still hmm. I feel like even though like uh non-tech people learn tech, there's still I don't know, it it's just me, so I can't really relate yeah. if it's about a non-tech person cuz from the start I'm a tech person through yes, and through. Yes, yes, yes. But I feel like uh a tech person must also learn how to adjust to explain yeah. to like non-tech people how things work because they're not gonna understand all of the, the jargon. Like, yeah. like jargon is something that uh, you learn through the experience. Like if you're deep into it, if you're deeply all about mm-hmm. it, then yeah, the jargon's gonna flow right through you. But there are really people who can't be bothered with tech and so when you try to explain tech to them in a jargony way, they will just go through from the left ear yeah. to the right ear. So they won't understand yeah. it at all. You have to 
explain it in a way that it can be they can relate to it in a human sense and not just like tech jargony stuff yeah I agree. Like, I think that that was what I was missing. Like, there is an advantage if you're a non-black person and you're joining, like, a tech company because you get to understand it yourself and you get to explain it to other people in a way how you understand it in a more layman's term, like, in in a more um, human terms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The challenge I was referring to was really, like, most of our clients are really having tech background. So they just, like, you know, spit tech jargons to me, mm-hmm. like expecting that I would understand that. And then I, on the other hand, had to really learn that. But, you know, the advantage really is that when I am talking to non-tech clients and they're, they really need our help to go digital or to use technology to improve their business, I am able to explain it in a, in a way where I can understand it as a non-tech, mm. non-tech person also. Yeah. Yeah, it's learning. Yeah. 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 It's really about the jargon. Even like, you know when you're the only person in the house who deeply understands tech, like to the point where <laughs> you're basically the one managing the tech of your whole family. And it's yes. nuts. It's nuts to always look out for them. Like, for example, even the simple, simple thing of like using, using one password for like everything you shouldn't do that but then like yeah. you can't just like ask them to adjust too much because that's the last thing on their mind apparently yeah. yeah or even like just like calling them them out and not just like jumping into the trend like okay there's a new mobile application that allows you to do this filter like but if you like read the terms and conditions like it really like gets your information so like that kind of reminders mm-hmm. you 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 try to remind them also that yeah so it's I, I see where you're coming from i also experience that like even helping them out like how to set up like a gcash account like yeah <laughs> especially those but then like mm, for me when it comes to like things like that sometimes uh you wanna you wanna just shoulder the burden of doing it na lang instead of like exposing them too much to the whole thing. But I feel like we should reach a point where we should actually share like why why is this like this? Why yeah. should they why should they do this practice? What would they what are the benefits that they would get and what are the drawbacks they would have if they do or they do not do the things. Yeah. Yeah, I do that to my I do that to my family actually. Like I let them understand of why I, I let them understand the reason behind behind the things that I don't want them to do. Like for example, like don't download that certain application because this and that. And so they understand. And when they understand where you're coming from, then they won't do it because they understand like the risk. Yeah. So it has really something to do about educating them also on on why things are the way they are. It it kind of reminds me of how education should be a focus in everything, but I don't want to go too political, so I'm just going to say it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, like, I mean, to be fair, yes, education should be, like, very important, no matter what. Yeah. 
So, yeah, what's it like to work at Simf? How, what's your vibe? Like, is it, I know you've said it in your, you know, in your backstory, but then like, how is it like for you? Did it, did it change once the pandemic hit and you were all forced to like work from home or do you still feel it in a sense? That same vibe you get. Actually, when we were in the office, it's not like hard for me to talk to people because I, I really want to talk to people and um, engage with them. When we went full remote, like I fe- we agreed in the company na we were more close to each other. We were talking more. We were more connected because we had to, you know, just constantly constantly like bridge the gap between like the distance we're not in we're not in the physical or the same office so we need to constantly be conscious about bridging the gap in miscommunication so we constantly communicate we do a lot of activities so if you go guys visit sims page you can see we do a lot of the activities um that enables us to feel connected even if we're fully working remotely so in terms of like what is it feels like working at SIMF, um, still coming from a non-tech person, um, I can say it's pretty incredible learning experience for me. Pre-COVID or during COVID. Like, you know, you get a chance to jump into other projects, like different roles. And sometimes you may pick up an interest in other area, like project manager or, or project management or like programming. And, you know, like, being in a tech company like Simf where, where you are allowed to grow or you have the chance to grow into like different diverse skill set, um, it is really great. Like it, the environment is really great and you'll have those skills that you learn that you can take probably to your next job and those skills are very helpful no matter what you want to do. Also, one key thing that I see that en- encompasses what I just shared is that Simf or I noticed and experienced this in the tech companies that I have, you know, um, get across to. Like, they really care about culture. They have this common behavior. Like, this is just what I noticed and experienced. They have really contagious attitude in making the office a good place for employees. That's what I feel at SIMF. They have, like, in my experience, companies in tech make employee happiness and growth a priority for me because that's that's what I experience like like more often and in more other ways than any industries I've I've seen or I've been into. So yeah, I think it's 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 more of like the culture of like belongingness of like the growth. Like they really focus on that. So when you say what is it being like it's it's it feels like you are you're given like you're thrown in an environment where you get to learn a lot of things. So it's really pretty incredible learning experience just to be in a tech company as a non-tech person. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically like distilling real life basically into yeah. a box. Cause like real life makes you do a lot of things. Like yes. do stuff with different skill sets. Like you don't always do the usual things you do every single day. Yeah. You do different things in and depending then, on the yeah, situation. 
and you come across this other things and you may pick up an interest into other things and then you learn it and then they give you the chance to learn it and to have that role if you want it so like now that's that's how that's how i feel and right now we're 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 fully remote we feel like more connected and we got bigger because you know that the tech the software industry um was in demand because of like you know people going digital and then um, our businesses going digital we were more in demand we had to grow the team and right now we feel more connected than ever because in the office you're physically there but you may not choose to talk to but now that we're working from home we have all these activities like um like tag circles like all those meetings or daily things or retrospectives just to fill the gap of not being together yeah yeah i noticed those like instagram.com slash simfco yeah i saw it saw it there and it was like wow you do a lot just to just to maintain the culture that you have there so and togetherness yeah yeah that's awesome so like speaking of like getting businesses into digital it's like i was expecting businesses to go digital anyway like in the near future <laughs> it just so happens that the pandemic sped things up for nearly everyone so yeah. to those who already did it they are at the, they're at an advantage now <laughs> while those yeah. who are not are already speeding up so what can you why what why do you think businesses need to go digital besides the pandemic because like that's that's a forced thing but like in general yeah. why why do you think so so um today digital really is the talk of the town right mm-hmm. they have this old saying like go big or go home yep. but now it's go digital or go home um i think people or business owners get it they know going digital is not just an option it's a necessity and it it and it is even highlighted much more during the pandemic mm-hmm. um we live in a world where one tap in a phone magic happens right it's it's a mobile world mm. here few taps you get to send money on a daily basis people consume themselves in digital content from emails at their work or like online shopping happy 1111 and social media at home <laughs> were you a victim too of 1111 i vict- i uh, allowed myself to be victimized because i needed oh, okay. christmas shopping so Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's I thought like, you marked yourself, you know. No. Safe. Especially eleven eleven. <laughs> you don't want to miss that. That's like of all I've noticed this with like the online shopping platforms now. They're doing it every month. It's yes. nuts. I mean, I know why, but it's nuts that they're doing it. And then, you know, the original eleven eleven. So anyway. Yeah, and then, you know, consumers succumb to that. Um mm-hmm. And then, yeah, going back, like, all these one-top. Like, one-top, you can just, like, turn off or on your lights at home. Mm-hmm. Like, if lights can do that, like, why can't you and your business, right? Like, business-wise, it is very obvious that the potential reach and visibility for your business in the online space is very unprecedented. Like, that's obvious. Mm-hmm. People are online. So the question is not why we go digital, probably because everyone wants and needs to go digital. But 
which way to go? Like, yeah. okay, I want to go digital, which way to go? Like, a lot of people would say, going digital means you are on Facebook or you are in Instagram. But going digital is not just that. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it's part of, it's part of, like, going digital, but it also, going digital also includes streamlining the process by making it available online or by giving like the whole digital experience to your customers mm-hmm. especially like for example like when they book a flight or um when they pur- purchase something from your store thus like the mobile applications mm-hmm. the web applications are in demand right now yep. so it, it varies really in your need and your size but what i can say is that you people or businesses can just start off by just putting their themselves online. Like, yeah. they should be Googleable if there's a term or yeah. searchable. Yeah. And what customers sees should be something you really, as a business, want them to see. So, yeah, just going back to the question why go digital, I could say it's the trend, but it's not because it's a trend. It's because efficiency in the process can be solved by inefficiencies in the process can be solved by going digital. Mm-hmm. Plus, going digital includes online presence. And you know how much audience we were talking we are talking about yep. when we say we online. So yeah, I think I just leave it up there. Yeah. Like it could be as simple as like how to make your life easier in terms of your business. Like, you have to automate yeah. things that you usually do on pen and paper. Guys, we shouldn't be yeah. doing that anymore. Especially when doing, like, contact tracing. <laughs> QR codes, guys. There are such things as QR codes. Those yeah. are easier. You might want to try, try that out. <laughs> <laughs> Those are way easier. And, like, you don't need to, like, touch, like, pens or papers. don't touch papers. surfaces. Yeah. Yes. Just touch your own they phone. They get to touch their own phones. Yes. Yeah. I agree. People <laughs> might want to try that out. <laughs> yeah. So, like, things like that. Like, it could be as basic as uh, automating or, like, making your processes easier for at least yourself, siguro. Or, yeah. like, the immediate, ano, things you're dealing with. Yeah. Like, especially if you're the only one in the business because sometimes there are things like that. So, Yeah. yeah. Sometimes making your life easier is one way for yeah. you to go digital. Like how even by listing down what you need to do, things like that. I mean, yeah. there are still advantages of doing pen and paper, like, you know, habits and stuff. Like that's yeah. a that's a psychological thing more than a I know, efficiency thing, but yeah. So things like that. Yeah. I would say a lot of people would get sta- scared when you say like when you drop like terms like automating like people would then associate it with cost like big cost and you automate things but it's really more about if you try to do like a cost benefit analysis it's no. it's more really about you know solving inefficiencies <laughs> yeah so yeah again it goes like it boils down to what solution you need and mm. like the size you are yeah. in right now as a business so yeah, yeah. and like to be fair to those people who are scared, automating may cost high at the beginning because you have to yeah. establish the way to automate it. But once yeah. you're done with that, then it's off to the races. Then you you won't yeah, no more incurring costs. Yeah, yeah, you won't you won't do much with it. 
So it's like it's... more of a long-term solution. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. it's really like one of the things like um one of my colleagues like shared while doing sales. Like yeah, my CTO shared like like what I am so amazed is that people get so scared about automation or just putting technology into their business. Like they get scared of the cost. And then you do the cost benefit analysis like for example, how many people are doing this manually. And if we are to solve that by investing how much to a certain, you know, um, a platform probably that will like increase the efficiency for product productivity into a hundred percent. Like mm-hmm. at, in the long run, it will really like solve your problem and would lessen your cost. So yeah, it's just the num- number game. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, Sometimes when explaining to like business owners like why they should go digital and what how does it benefit there that's one thing that that's where like explaining it in layman's terms comes into play because sometimes yeah. if you go jargony on them they will be like yeah. more intimidated and will probably not end up using digital so, so you have to like be one with them. Like, okay, I know you understand your pain points. Like, this is what you're feeling. These are the inefficiencies. You want to increase the productivity of your people. Like, mm-hmm. right now, these are these are your numbers. And then we can increase that. So, yeah, you don't have to mention all those um, jargon or languages you would want to use. But more of how are you solving their pain points? How are you making their lives easier by go doing yes. this and that? And the very end of the day, how are you helping them get thing, like the 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 revenue they wish to attain? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because at the end of the day, businesses are there to make money, no matter what money. it is. Yes. <laughs> we give them the numbers yeah. for their money, Jud. Yeah. Yep. So unless you're saying you're a non-profit organization, which is another thing yeah. entirely. So businesses are there to make money. So they will find ways to do that. And if yeah. going digital can help a lot, then why not? Definitely. Yeah. I feel like it's more of a why not go digital at this point. Like yeah. at this point in times, like why not? Because if we're at a point where like the millennials are already working, then the next yeah. generation is coming with even more exposure to technology than even yeah. the millennials do. <laughs> so technology is much more integrated in their day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. So the like, why not is also there. Yeah. Yeah. So like kids already know. I think they're most of the kids now are really exposed to like iPads, tablets, phones. Yeah. By being lent by their parents or or they um, own they really own yeah like i can see grade five schoolers have their own phones which i didn't have way back then but yeah probably they're using it for let's assume positive intent like they're using it for something good yeah yeah so it's things like that so eventually when they enter the workforce so like most of us know how to go digital and if you're not there by then then you're basically Saying you'd rather die than adapt. So Yes. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. So weighing weighing that into to the considerations. So like I'm really I'm really enamored by all things digital 
and businesses. Do you think like mm-hmm. there are some? Do you think some of the fears when going digital are like uh, valid or like are there any downsides to really committing yourself to going digital? Because I don't think there's zero. Yeah, for me, but I can't seem to figure that out. So, like. Are there any? Should I be afraid when I mm. do that? <laughs> like if I, I think was... it has something to do. Yeah, I, I think it has something to do with really identifying your goal and what are you gonna do to reach that goal. To reach that goal, like for example, a lot of people, as I told you, like part of the stigma is that um, if you say go digital, it really entails like a big cost. You need to invest so much about it. And then, like, that's one of the fear. Like, businesses want to earn money. They don't want to spend money. So, so yeah, that's, like, one drawback that they're, like, you know, thinking when, when you encourage them to go digital. Like, the fear is valid because, yes, it entails costs. But in terms of, like, the long-term effect, like, that's something, like, businesses should consider. Like, as business people... You should think like long term, and what are like the implications of these long term decisions that you are doing. So yeah, um, I think in terms of like, if you if you come to talk to them or like if you come to, like talk to these business people, if you if I were to talk to them, probably like, the fear is valid, but the consequences of not even going to di- digital is doing you is more fatal than really just going digital, right? Like, a lot of things you're missing out. Like, the audience, the number of people that that can see you as a business, that can avail your service or that can use your service or that can buy your product. It's it's much more fatal than just spending bucks to go digital. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, even as simple as putting your business on Google... So that it will be searchable, or at least in maps, yeah. so that they can find you on the Google Maps. Because like I still know some businesses who yeah. don't seem to put the stuff on the maps. Like, what if I need a service, but then I don't really know a lot of them? So it's either social media or Google Maps or like map service. Let's be honest, Google Maps is like the only thing you should yeah. use. <laughs> yeah. Tbh. Also. Also, coming from like the perspective of like a community person who goes to different cities and provinces to teach digital, um, one of the fears of these businesses and not going digital is that um, they don't think it's the right time or they don't know how to start the process. Like this, like that one thing, I think uh, that one thing I really observe from businesses, they're afraid to go digital because they don't know how to start the process. It's it's a major obstacle. Like the they feel like the digital landscape is very complex and daunting. So we need probably like more like some clear guidance for them that it's possible to prioritize their needs and to take the first few steps far more easily than what they think or how daunting they think it is. So yeah. They also have this fear that they think they won't be able to get the digital skills they need. Yeah, it's certainly true Like because there are a lot of competition out there for digital talent available. 
but you know just trying it out and starting with the basics you get to get the hang of it and grow as you go yeah, yeah. like we're in an age where like most of the tools we should probably need for like starting digital like for example if i want to start uh putting my business business on social media for example mm-hmm. like i have like for example i need to design stuff for the facebook cover for the instagram pictures or something like that we have stuff like canva now which makes yeah. design very easy and you don't easy. need to be a insane awesome designer although kudos to them they probably have more original ideas than <laughs> A lot of people using Canva, but then yeah. yeah. So it's things like that. But then it's an easy go to. It's it's there for a reason, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, in terms of cost and in terms of like how fast you can come up with an output. Like there are a lot of platforms out there that you can mm. use that doesn't require like a heavy or complex learning curve for you to learn to yeah. use. Like yeah. at the end of the day, if you're really willing to do it, or like you're open to it then you will more likely spend the time and the energy to understand and learning yeah learn it and it's fun i mean as long as long as we don't end up in like a situation like skynet or anything then i think we should be fine (laughs) Yeah. yeah i've used that reference so many times whenever things come up like you know the the worst possible outcome for technology is something like that, but let's 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 hope. I hope for the best, but yeah. that that's always there if things go bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, so we've come to the portion of the podcast where you get to ask me questions, and I actually put it in the bullet points there, so yeah. you can't say I didn't tell you. Like there were some guests <laughs> before. Where I would like, I would bombard them with the ask me anything, but I didn't actually send them stuff. So like, they'd be like, "Ooh, I feel ambushed." So yeah, I think I've learned to include that in in when I send bullet points out to guests of the podcast. So if you have any <laughs> questions for me, then go. Oh, I have. I do have. Um, when did you realize you wanted to be? Since we're talking digital, we're talking yep. technology. When did you realize you wanted to be part of the technology space or to the to the tech industry? High school. High school. <laughs> so funny thing. I I may have told this story in the previous episode, so I'm not gonna expound on it too much, <laughs> but either you listen to that or long story short is I didn't have a certain course or like it's not it wasn't clear to me when I was a kid like Mm-mm. what I wanted to do when I grow up. So things like that. Like I didn't want to be a doctor, I didn't want to be a lawyer. I, it that didn't occur to me. So when I reached like it's not even like middle of high school, it was like fourth year high school. So when I reached there and then we found I found out that we had like a programming class. Although yeah, I was like kinda interested into like some form of technology but then like when I reached high school the fourth year and we had programming class that's when I knew that uh, this is this is the this is the industry I would like to be in 
this is the thing that I would like to do. So there, years later, I'm still deep in technology. Even if there are some things about it where I am more interested now than back then. And I was interested in it more back then, but now not so much. Not really. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's like Yeah, that. very interesting. So in connection with that, like my second question is like, pretend I am not, like this is like more of a simul- simulation. Oh. Like pretend I am not, I, I'm a person not coming from a tech space. Okay. Like how would you explain your industry to me? Oh, yeah. This is good training for when I explain it to to <laughs> other people. Yeah. Um yeah. Back backstory. I used to have a hard time trying to explain this because number one, I would end up going jargony, which is yes. bad. Like so bad. Don't go there. Because I'm a non-tech person. Like Yeah, I so like idea. what 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 is the tech jargon you're talking about? So, like, usually now it's actually easier to explain. Like, because yeah. if you tried to explain when I started out my programming life, like, seven years ago, <laughs> that that's going to reveal some age or something. But to be fair, I already revealed my age on the podcast, so it's not really a secret. How old are you? I, I haven't, like, heard. 28. Oh, you're 28. Okay. <laughs> I still am young, old. still young. Still yeah, still young, but not. Still young. I'm on the I'm on the later side of the 20s, so but it's fine. You might you might want to say you're 2018, so like you just put <laughs> teen there just to make sound like you're still a teenager, right? So I'm like a, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm I'm not too much of an idealist, and I I don't like to <laughs> I don't like to give myself a fantasy that I'm still very young. So I'm not like that. So anyway, yeah, it's easier to explain it now because I could just simply tell them, I, I basically do stuff that m- make what you're doing easier. So like, let's say you're That's holding nice. a phone, like I do some of the things that your phone can do. I do some of the things that let's say, um, if you've been doing bank, let's say online banking, like. Most people are actually not more people are actually into it now, so like I make some of those like i I know what's behind those that's what I do. I know what's behind those. I make some of those possible, so it's kind of like that now, as it unlike when I have to yeah. explain that seven years ago, it's like it's hard because you would probably say that I do stuff in computers and that tends to go badly because they would think you're a computer technician and they can fix your computers. Uh, you can fix their computers, which is not <laughs> Or you entirely... can have somebody, yeah. somebody else's Facebook and <laughs> there's that. solve their problems. Even yeah. now, there's that. People, but... come that. people come to you with that problem still right now? Yeah, like I, I can remember last year, like someone actually asking me, "Can you hack someone?" That takes an another set of skills. Like it's still tech, but it's another set of skills. Like you would have to be learning that. I don't know from the start, but then like basically you would know that that's your line of work, in a way, because it's like yeah. security related now. 
And the thing yeah. about like hacking is that it's not inherently bad. It's what you do with it. It's still a tool. So like the knowledge you get from doing hacking. So that's not bad. But the, the how yeah. you use it, that's where that's where it goes, good or bad. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But you know, a lot of like maybe that's a good topic next time yeah. for you, Julian. Like, you know, misconceptions of like like non tech people to tech people or like yeah. Yeah. They think you can hack Facebook, they think it's that easy, they think it's that legal or whatnot. I mean, to be fair, some of it is legal if you're familiar yeah. with like uh tech companies always put out like you know bounties. So if you're familiar with how bounties work, it's like they put out a bounty. It's like if you can find something wrong with our so our application or our program or like if there's something yeah. wrong with something, we can give you money if you find it. A sort of like a QA for their for yeah. their system, right? It's it's spending for QA without actually spending a lot for QA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you think about it, the right? Because yeah. when you have QA, you really have to spend a lot on how to how to test it, how to find things, how to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And that's a lot of effort in itself. That in itself is a role already. So, yeah. I commend people yeah. who do multiple roles. Like, you're one person, but you're basically like a quality person. You're the one who tests. Yeah. You're the one who codes. You're the one who does <laughs> all. You do all the marketing. Yeah, <laughs> it's scary. But then, like yeah. some of, some of those people I know are are doing that. Well rounded. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I that's, think that's yeah. That's the last thing I'm gonna ask. It's very very insightful, Julian. Yeah. Like how you how you explain. I'm getting a lot on how yeah. you explain things non-tech people yeah because mm-hmm. the thing with tech now is it's everywhere we're using it yeah. so it's easier to explain now than let's say 7 10 15 years ago where yeah. it's a niche thing where like only a few tech used to be something that is appreciated by like a, a click or a club or something like that and that's not the There's case a group today of people, yeah yeah, that's not the case today. Everyone can appreciate technology. Even though you don't have to understand everything that goes on behind it, but you can appreciate it because it makes yeah. your life easier. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Like how we are actually doing like video calls. Like, could you imagine that like 10, 15 <laughs> yeah. years ago with a phone? We were even yeah. amazed when phones got music player capabilities. <laughs> With alone. a keypad phone, you say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember the fo- the keypad phones having like music and they have like dedicated buttons on the side. And that was like, wow. Now that's like nothing. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, that's how... It's pretty amazing how, yeah. f- how far we've come and how how far we can go. Yeah. So, I guess this is it for the episode. Thank you so much, G, for being in this Thank you so much, Julian, for having me. Episode. I really like it. Yeah. Thank you so much for being in this episode of The Creator Life. I really, really appreciate you being here. And... Thank you also, Julian, for having me. Yeah. I hope it wasn't too awkward. 
<laughs> it was not. I really enjoyed the conversation. It was yeah. very insightful for me, really. Yeah. So, okay. This is usually the part where I let my guest plug their stuff. So if you have anything to plug or anything to share, go for it. Yeah. So first, I, um, first and foremost, Simplest Hiring, we're looking for people to join our team. Um, you can check out Simf at Facebook and then you can see their, like, the, the positions that are available. Second is um, we're doing a donation drive for, for the victims of, or for the people affected of Ulysses PH. Um, just feel free to look at my Facebook. I will announce more of the donation drive there. It's going to be like monetary donations and relief donations. So yeah, those are the things. And also one more thing. Um, we're still doing one gadget, one child. If you guys have any spare gadgets like laptops or fo- or smartphones that you can share it to, to the students who are um, who are doing remote learning, um, it's very very gonna be helpful for them. So yeah, those are the th- three things. Simplest hiring. Um, check out one gadget, one child, and we're doing a donation drive for the people affected for Ulysses PH. So yeah. I like how you're saying Ulysses PH is just literally the hashtag that they're the always hashtag. putting so on. Yeah, the... <laughs> it's Ulysses yeah, so it's for the yeah. people who are affected by Typhoon Ulysses. So because like case... it's Ulysses for for Philippines, right? And yeah, it's all oh, right. That's why uh, I forgot yeah. that. So I, I yeah I mentioned it's U- Ulysses PH. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's it... Vanco. It's Vamco and other in in its international I don't, name. I don't, I don't like know. the international names. Sometimes they sound weird. <laughs> yeah, the, the Vamco sounds like a clothing line to me. Yeah. But yeah. But to be <laughs> fair, also the Philippine names sound weird. Like some of them sound weird. Yeah. Like they also sound like my neighbor's name. So like yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> to be, to <laughs> be know, fair, like, they're na- they're based on like Filipino names. So I I don't I'm not surprised that that would end up popping up like i literally had a typhoon named after my name minus you. the one l it's like I, I i i was like fascinated don't blame me for it this uh there me. there were there were comments and like messages that got to me as a joke but you know typhoons aren't a joke so and i, I don't yeah. usually <laughs> anyway thanks a lot g thanks a lot thank you julian yeah thank you for having me so Podcast updates and behind the scenes are on social media. That's Creator Life Pod, Creator Life POD on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also follow me personally on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Julian CB. That's J U L I A N S I B I. And you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps the show a lot. Five stars, please. And yeah, make sure to, if you can, please donate because. Uh, the people who need it really need it more than ever. So, until the next one, guys, enjoy your tech, enjoy your coffee, enjoy life, and stay safe, everyone. There's still a pandemic out there, so please stay safe. Bye! Bye!